Hey everyone, and welcome to the Annex Tuesday Night Podcast. The Annex is a community seeking to discover and live life in Jesus. And we hope that this message will help you do just that. If you like what you hear, you can always subscribe. So these messages come right to your phone each week. And you can always check us out at theannexboulder.com or on our Instagram account at theannex.boulder. Enjoy today's message. Oh, what's up, everybody? Hey, hey, you're too, you're too good. Ah, stop it. Sit down, sit down, sit down. Thank, thank you, Joe. Thank you. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name's Matt Hestera. I'm the intern here at the Annex, and it's a real pleasure to get to speak in front of you guys. So, I've been around the Annex for four years, and it took that long for them to finally be like, hey, you want to talk? Sure, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm excited. Um, so I, about a month out, when I figured out I was talking tonight, I went into my calendar, put it in. I was like, well, I've got to make this sound nice. And I was like, so I titled it in my calendar that when I was speaking tonight, Matt's Big Chance. So it's, it's the big chance. Um, and if I do a good job, then I'll get to stay for the next little bit of my contract. And if I do a bad job, then I only have a little bit left in my contract. So that's good. Um, no, but check this out. So we're in the middle of a series called Do You Fill in the Blank, um, where we're talking about how there's a lot of questions that Jesus asks throughout Scripture, 307 to be exact, and answers very few of them, leaving us with the choice of do we want to make this something that we truly believe in? Do we want to pursue Jesus? Um, and last week, Kelsey talked about the question that Jesus asked, who do you say that I am? Um, And she challenged us to look at our own lives and ask ourselves, well, uh, are we choosing to follow who we want Jesus to be or who Jesus really is? It was a very profound answer, and I thought she did a great job. Tonight, we're looking at another question, um, one that is when Jesus, it's from Mark chapter 4, which we'll look at in a little bit, but Jesus is like looking at his disciples, he's like, why are you afraid? Um... So tonight we're talking about fear. Uh, Fear, there's a lot of things to be afraid of. Everybody in this room is scared of something. Sometimes they're similar things, sometimes they're different things. Like my coworker Sam is afraid of butterflies, which is, that's not normal, right? Like going to the butterfly pavilion, a place where children and families find like jubilation and this awesome joy, they're like, oh my gosh, like a little butterfly like lands on a kid's nose and he's like, yeah. Like, Sam, that's like a living hell for her. Um, and for me, like, I, I totally am afraid of the DMV. Like, I've had enough bad experiences with the DMV to be like, that place is no bueno. Like, not a good place to be. So, um, like, I, I feel like when I walk in those doors, I'm just going to get stuck in this, like, state of never-ending sort of purgatory where I just get yelled at and I walk up to the front desk with like my card or something and they're like, you don't have the right identification, go sit down, take another number, and I'm like, dang it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's scary. Um, but truly, like some other things that are really freaking me out right now um, are there's like some really crappy stuff happening around the world, like bombings, and there's things like school shootings and threats to shoot up schools. That's, that's scary. That strikes fear in me. Um, And oftentimes I ask myself the question, like, where does God fit into all of that? Um, 
And so tonight we're going to look at that and see where Jesus does fit into that. But first, I'm going to pray really fast for us, and then we'll, we'll get into it. Great, so if you'd bow with me, please. Um, dear Lord, thank you so much for tonight um, and who you created us to be. Uh, we ask that you bless this time. Um, just pray that your words flow through me, not mine, and that we may know you more. Um, and the plan you have for our life. We ask for guidance as we navigate these questions um, that we don't all have the answers to. And all these things we pray in your name. Amen. Awesome. So check it out. I thought I would start by talking about um, a time in my life where I was probably the most freaked out um, and felt like I had the least amount of control. Uh, So let's come with me on a journey here. Um, Back to last semester in November. So my girlfriend was studying abroad in Florence, uh, which is a beautiful town, city, whatever. Um, So it's a beautiful place, and she's she's abroad. So I'm like, I'm definitely going to go visit because that is a great opportunity for me to go travel. Now, if any of you know me, you would know that I don't travel. Like, I've never been on a plane before by myself, uh, and I've never even traveled outside of the country before this trip, so going to Florence was going to require me to bite off a bit more than I could chew. Um, But I was like, it's going to be worth it, for sure. And babe, it totally was. Um, (laughs) But, so all, all great stories, you know, all great stories that end in sadness sometimes uh, start out super happy. Um, so things are going well, and you've you got to realize something else. I'm an intern, so I make zero cash. Uh, so I'm like, I'm like, how do I do this trip cheap within my budget? And it turns out that when you buy a plane ticket for really cheap, you get a lot of flights, and you get a lot of time to travel. There's a lot of connections, a lot of layovers. It's super awesome. Um, So I book my flights, and I'm like, sweet, I'm ready. I can do this. Like, I'm stoked, and this is going to be really good. Um, I was way wrong. Like, well, eventually it was really good. But travel-wise, way wrong. So the day finally comes. My mom drops me off at the airport. I'm like, thanks, Mom. Love you. Um, and, And then I start to freak out a little bit. So I get in to the, my gate, and it's at Denver, of course. Um, and so, are you guys laughing because I'm drinking La Croix? My, my dad's here tonight, and that's all the man drinks, so thanks, Dad. Um, I caught that habit. So, so I'm in, in, on my gate, getting ready to leave. So this is how it went. So originally, the plan was to fly from Denver to Philly, Philly to JFK, JFK to London, London to Florence. Nice. Um, But this is how it actually went. So I checked the weather. I'm like, okay, it's not going to snow in Philly, right? No, 55 degrees and sunny. Get on the plane, land in Philly, whiteout. Snow everywhere. I get a a text on my phone, and it's like, hey, your flight to JFK has been canceled, which I was okay with because that's a pretty crappy flight anyway. It's like 30 minutes long. Um, so they redirect me to Amsterdam. So I sit there for a few hours in Philly, have a cheesesteak, get on a plane, fly seven hours to Amsterdam. I get to Amsterdam, and I'm like, wow, I'm really tired, and traveling alone is really boring. Um, so I, I call Emma, and I'm like, hey, I'm in Amsterdam. And she's like, weren't you supposed to be in London? And I was like, yeah, well, things change. Um, so I'm in, I'm in Amsterdam, and 
Then it's like another couple hours, and I finally get on the plane to go to London. And when I'm on the plane to London, I start to get nervous because I know that my flight to Florence it's going to be tight. So as soon as I, as soon as that plane lands, I'm like squeezing through people, jumping off, getting off the plane, and I'm running to my my terminal. At one point, there's a gate that's like you can't go any further unless you have your boarding pass. All right, pull out my phone. Boarding pass isn't loading. Should have should have known something was up. And so they're like, I'm like, hey, I need somebody, excuse me, to come down and and grab my ticket. And they're like, okay, yeah, go, just go talk on that phone. So I like pull up the phone. I'm like, hey. Uh, I really need to board. I need my boarding pass. Can you come down and print it off? He's like, Oh, sure. When's your flight? And I'm like, uh, It's in 20 minutes. And he was like, Ooh, uh, okay. I'll see you in a few. And then he like runs down and he's scanning my phone and he's checking and he's like, It's not working. I'm like, Well, can you hurry it up? Like, I gotta, I gotta get there. And and then he's like, Oh, I figured it out. He's like, Your flight was yesterday. And I was like, Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? And so then there I was after like almost 20 hours of travel, alone in a place that I had never been before, and I was freaking out. Like, and if you've ever been to London Heathrow, there are like people everywhere. And I have never cried from being afraid before, but I was like, I'm gonna cry. And so I like, I'm like looking for one place without anyone, and I end up finding this pole, and I like put my arm up against it, and like just start sobbing. It was so sad. So, had had no idea what was gonna happen. Like super alone, super scared. Um, but we're gonna pause that story for now, right there. We'll come back to it later. But let's let's see what uh, the Bible has to say about this. So tonight we are looking at um, Mark chapter four, verses thirty-five through forty-one. And just to give you guys a little bit of context about what's going on. Um, just to frame it out, I'll, I'll start by doing that. So um, Jesus has just appointed his, his disciples, and they're beginning this tour and of, of teaching. So contrary to popular belief, like, disciples weren't actually wearing robes and sandals. They had these, like, sweet band shirts. Like, have you guys ever seen those with, like, a sweet logo that says the band, and then they've got, like, the band, lo- band logo, and then on the back it's got, like, all the destinations they travel to? Yeah, that's what they were wearing. And on the front, it's like Jesus to her. And they're like, what's up? Um, No, okay, that's not true. Um, Good, I just wanted to make sure you were paying attention. Um, Okay, so Jesus is doing some cool things. He's like, he's starting to teach. He's healing people who are sick and who are hurt. He's exercising demons. Like, the dude is on fire right now. And the crazy thing is, what's about to happen next, I would say, excuse me, I would say in a lot of aspects is actually a little crazier than those things. So uh, Jesus has been teaching for a long day, and now all of a sudden he's like, okay, I'm tired, let's, let's hit it. So they're going to be crossing the Sea of Galilee, which is not an ocean, but it's a big enough body of water to where you can't see the other side. Great, so we'll pick it up here. So on that day when evening came, Jesus said to them, let us go over to the other side of Galilee. Leaving the crowd, they took him along with them in the boat. Just, his, just as he was, the other boat, boats were there with him. And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat, so much so that the, um, excuse me, sorry, so much so that the boat was already filling up. Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep, on a cushion. 
And the disciples come, wake him up, and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And Jesus is like, oh my gosh, I'm just taking a nap. He like gets up, he's like, and he rebukes the wind and said to the sea, Hush, be still. And the wind died down, and it became perfectly calm. And then he said to them, he looks at his disciples, and he's like, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They became very much afraid and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? So, that's pretty crazy. I'm sure some of you guys are like, Well, you just said he cast out demons. Like, that's way crazier than weather changing quickly. Like, we live in Colorado. We see that all the time. Okay, well, let me explain to you why this is pretty nuts. So, there's this book by this guy. And his name is eluding me, so let me look at my notes. His name is N.T. Wright, and he's a Christian author. And he writes this book called Evil and the Justice of God. And in that book, he's describing that back in olden times, for uh, the ancient Israelites, water is actually, or bodies of water, represent giant fear. Like massive, uh, massive amounts of chaos and massive amounts of evil. Bodies of water. So the, these are like big-time things. He gives some examples. He's like Noah and the ark. Like the ocean literally encompasses the entire world and destroys all the plants, all the humans, all of the animals, except for those people who are on the boats. Um, this fierce, destructive body of water. And again, we see another example when Moses is pulling his people out of, or he's leading his people out of Egypt, and they're getting chased, and they get, eventually end up getting butted right up against the Red Sea, and it's either get killed by our pursuers, or drowned and die in the Red Sea. Now, of course, Jesus later on parts that Red Sea, and allows Moses and his people to escape before it crushes down all over the people who were pursuing them, killing them all. Water, it's like this dark, unknown, not understood, purely chaotic matter. And what, what N.T. Wright is saying is that the sea actually captures our greatest fear. So now, before Jesus was around, like, you got to think about that. Like, before Jesus came and provided hope and, like, gave us a renewal on life, there, you got to think about how you could even, like, people can't even conceptualize fear. Like, it's so intense. There was no way, no way out. Like, fear was this dark void that would just, like, engulf you, and there was no exit. That's before Jesus. Now, that's why this passage is so intense and so powerful, is that Jesus came in, and the sea being this, like, great evil, um, and he, he just comes in and says, I, I have power over this. I'm, let me just give power over this and show to you that that is what's going on. So, that's pretty nuts. Right? Um... Jesus is like, I have control over your darkest fears. What a concept. That's pretty wild. Um, So Jesus is totally changing the game. He's giving us a new way to think about fear. Before, there was no choice. It was basically, I'm afraid, and I just have to try to figure out how to deal with this fear day to day. 
um, with Jesus when he enters into the picture. He's saying, I have control over this. Give this to me. Let me carry your burdens. So let's, let's revisit the question which Jesus asks in this passage. And he looks right at his disciples and he says, why are you afraid? So I think to answer this, we got to, well, sorry, the answer to this, I guess, in, in my opinion, would be that we are afraid because we are human. And it's a, fear is innately in us. Ever since Adam and Eve messed it all up for everybody, evil came into the world, and it was a big deal. Like, generation after generation had to deal with that fear, had to deal with problems and being imperfect. And so that's what happened. But... Jesus comes into the picture, and he's like, I'm changing the game. You will have fear. You will always have fear today and tomorrow, but I can take that for you. So you yourself will never be able to make those changes. Um, Well, sorry. You yourself cannot take these things on alone, but I, in relationship with you, can do that. He's extending the invitation. The choice is there, and it's up to us to decide. So let's go back to the story. So now I'm in London. I'm crying. It's sad. Uh, A bunch of random people from all over the world are, like, watching this poor kid cry, and I'm like, wow, this is really embarrassing. Uh, But seriously, like, my darkest—some of my darkest fears are realized. I am alone, and I have zero control over the situation. That really sucks. And— I wish I could say that I gave, like, a good Christian answer of, like, hey, you know what, guys? Like, uh, Jesus, yeah, me and him, this time's kind of rough, but he's got me. Um, and it, it might have gotten there eventually, but I was probably like, why the blah, 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 and, like, a few curse words here and there before I finally was calm enough to, to sit and ask him to come into the situation and help me out a little bit. But in that, I realized I had a choice. I could turn back to what was going on. I could lean into this fear and doubt, or I could put my trust in Jesus. And it didn't happen right away, but eventually I got to the point of being able to put my trust into him. And I was like, hey, I need you in this one. And the storm subsided. It wasn't like it just happened right away. Um, In fact, I sat in that situation for a couple hours more, and, excuse me, LaCroix, some bad. Um, I, sat in, I sat in that situation for a little longer, um, but I had a peace about it. I was very much at peace. Um, and I think that's where, where Jesus was invited. When I invited him in, that's what he granted me, which was really special. Um, so, I ended up through some very gracious people getting a flight to Florence the next day out of London, and I finally got there, and me and Emma had an amazing time. We had some great wine, we had some great cheese, charcuterie platters were on point. Like, it was a great time. But there was that moment where fear started to creep in, and there was a choice that was presented because Jesus allowed that to happen when he, again, back to the story, said he had control over those greatest fears. And it was a great time, really fun. Now, it might not be every single day 
where our deepest, darkest fears start to emerge? It could be. It might not be. But it could be very specific events, like a trip for me, or a diagnosis in the family, or a massive failure. Like, they're everywhere, and they come out randomly. Um, But we now know, and we've been given a choice to decide if we want Jesus. He's there, and he can carry those things for us. Um instead of us trying to do it on our own. So, that is the good news. And he's extending this opportunity day in and day out, and that's something that's really cool. Um, but it's up to us. Again, it, comes, it falls back on us to allow him to do that. So, whether it's today, whether it's tomorrow, we do have that choice, um, which is a really big blessing. So, in a minute, I'm going to invite Dave up onto the stage, and he's going to do uh, lead us in communion. But I would encourage you to think when we're taking communion to think about that choice to pursue a relationship with Jesus, a choice to give those things to Jesus. Um, and maybe that's just a little choice today as you accept communion. I'm in a big choice tomorrow when you're dealing with something that's really terrifying you. But the choice is there. So think about that as you take communion right now. Um, So Dave will come up in a second, and then we're also going to do a little bit of worship to close. And I'm going to pray for us right now. So if you'd bow your heads again, that'd be great. Dear Lord, we acknowledge that you are the only one who has control over the storms in our lives. We thank you for redefining the way we think about fear and the fact that we now have hope in even the most hopeless of situations. Lord, I pray that all of us invite you into those situations day in and day out. And I pray that we may find peace in you. In all these things we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you back here next week.